You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, probably presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazran, along with Dave in studio tonight, and uh, we're we're happy to bring along with us tonight Jordan from Burris Optics. Jordan, how's it going, man? It's great. I appreciate you guys bringing me on the podcast, and I apologize again for missing the last one. Uh, man, I feel like <laughs> I've got to do strings around my fingers and sticky notes on the mirror to remember these things. Well, you're under the gun tonight, man. You're, we're going to just fire off a ton of questions. Hopefully you got them all squared away. Um, I'm just kidding. We're not like that. And you said this is a four hour segment, right? The, yeah. Well, four <laughs> to six, we haven't decided yet. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> just kidding guys. Everybody listening. It won't be that long. So, um, Jordan. Burris, archery. What's going on with you guys in archery? What do you have going on? I know you guys. I guess let me let me let me set the stage a little bit. Um, Burris has been around for a super long time, making amazing optics. And then you guys come out and you guys um, decide to get in the game of making an archery range finding site, right? And you guys just turn the whole thing on its head because. The category was a little bit there, but super hard to use from anybody else that was trying to do it. And then Burris comes along and sets that bar about a mile higher than everybody else in regards to your guys' scopes that you have for archery. So um, what's going on with the Oracle? I know you got a couple versions of it. Um, tell, let, let's start with that Oracle, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. And I think to to do the Oracle justice, we, we probably need to take a little bit of a bigger step back to uh, Burris as a whole. Um, company was founded in 1972 by a guy named Don Burris. And I'll, I'll make a long story short, but there's this DNA uh, of Burris optics that has to do with ballistics. And we've been nuts about ballistics since day one. Uh, some of our early scopes even had uh, multi uh, reticles in it. When you would adjust the magnification, you could judge the distance of an animal in the field stadiometrically and uh, know the distance to the animal and, and hold over. Um, over 10 years ago, we launched a rifle scope that some folks might know about called the Burris Eliminator. And it was a culmination of all this ballistics research and uh, mathematics over the years, learning the different bullet profiles out in the market and combining that bullet understanding, ballistic understanding by integrating a rangefinder into a rifle scope. And when that came out, it changed the game in the rifle scope category because now you could all in one system, push a button in your rifle scope, see the distance to your target. In the first one, you saw the hold um, using a ballistic reticle for your range. Um, and then as, as time went on and new versions came out, we, we put a red aiming point within the reticle that, that made it <clears throat> extremely, extremely usable by the shooter. Um, Burst wasn't an archery company. It really wasn't outside of, you know, things like our, our binoculars and um, observation. We just didn't see ourselves as an as a archery company. But with the technology that we developed for the Eliminator, 
and pretty much everybody on the team here at, at Burris being huge archery guys, it's like, well, why not? Why don't we, why don't we take this really cool product we have for the rifle market, adapt it to the archery market. And then that's when we came out with our Oracle uh, vertical bow sight, which does the same thing. Um, I know you guys talk about the Oracle quite a bit on here and, and you use it in the field. Um, do you want to, Dave, do you want to talk about your experience with the Oracle? Yeah. The Oracle is like, you know, I, people, it's hard to, I guess for people listening and not watching, so you're not seeing it, but basically just imagine a fully machined uh, site that is going to, <laughs> you're going to hit a little button by your finger on the front of your bow. And it's going to basically bring up a pin that you're going to put on an animal and it's going to, you're going to let go and it's going to show you which pin you want to use and it's going to give it to you. Uh, this advantage uh, is pretty, pretty helpful in the field, of course, because you don't have to worry about a rangefinder, separate rangefinder. But more importantly, you know, I have tested the other uh, competitors of this product as well. And this is the only one that uh, literally can't have any sort of fog issue and or is all metal. So, I mean, there's a lot of advantage to this product specifically, but um, Jamie and I both have been using this site, uh, off and on. And, and to be honest, it is, it is incredible. Like it is one of those things where you just don't realize how nice it is until you're holding it. The quality's there and that bar you can see in the middle for those who can't see, there's a bar goes down the middle and that bar lights up. And so there's that top pin, which you're going to put on the animal and then it's going to let, you're going to let go. And it's going to show you where that pin is. It's going to give you the pin to use, which is pretty sick. Um, yeah. So oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jordan. I was going to say, so our, our unofficial motto that, that we're really trying to adapt here is, is simple, fast, and powerful. When we're coming out with products, we want the user experience to, to not be overcomplicated. And you kind of alluded to some of our competition where there's, there's some uh, really cool features that they offer. But at the end of the day, when you're in a hunting scenario, you don't want to be thinking about 20 features. You want to be thinking about where do I hold and how do I uh, ethically you know, shoot this animal. And that's what the Oracle brings. Just a very, very simple, straightforward process that's incredibly robust and uh, reliable in the field. So talk, talk to us a little bit about the setup. So when I first get it, because this, I think this is one of the bigger points as well, when we first started using the Oracle, um, is the ease of setup to start using it. So you can walk us through a little bit of that process. Yeah, um, so we have a fixed 20-yard pin, and, and as Dave said, for those who can't see, it's there's a, a, a ribbon that runs down the middle of the site, and you use that 20-yard, that fixed 20-yard pin at the top to sight in your bow sight like any other bow sight. Uh, we've got micro uh, elevation and windage adjustment screws on the sides. It makes that process pretty easy. Uh, a tool is set up. Um, and then the I would say the most complicated part of this process, which really isn't that difficult once you once you do it is um, collimating the range finder to that 20 yard pin so we want to make sure that as you are trying to range a target it it matches the 20 yard pin and you use the 20 yard pin as your as your ranging point if you will when when you're at full draw um, after you align those two components side in for two additional distances digitally i recommend um, you know a 30 and a 60 yard shot if you have access to a 60 yard range uh, you could do 30 and, and 40 30 and 50 but uh, if you if you get that sweet spot of 30 and 60 it's really going to build a perfect arrow curve for you 
when you slide in those two additional distances, you, you can use the up and down arrows to make your adjustments, not the elevation or windage screws, the uh, digital up and down buttons for those two additional distances. And when you save them, it clears the clears the pin array and it builds an, a profile for your for your arrow. So if you range 40 yards, it shows you a dot for 40 yards. It shows your yardage on the side for 40 yards. And you're good to go. If you range for 75 yards, it shows you an aiming point for 75 yards. It shows 75 yards in the range display on the side and you're good to go. Is there a limit to distance? Like, will the Burris Oracle 2 only go out to 100 yards? Will it go out farther than that? What's the range? There is a there is a limit, and it's dependent on how fast your, your bow is and, and uh, the weight of your arrow. So we're we're averaging, I would say, around the 95-yard mark for the, uh, the faster bows that are out there. Uh, um, that's just because we're limited to the number of points on this pin array for um for that process and when this was designed originally i mean shooting that far was was limited to uh you know kind of the the more extreme end of the competition scene but um now with the you know the archery festivals that are going on we see that more and more but at its core this was designed for hunters and our main audience is in the hunting community not to say it's not incredibly accurate for those who are trying to use it for competition for sure Sure. So, so basically, your range is limited to that arrow curve, and it not being outside of that array that you correct have outside of the ring. Yeah, cool. Well, my um, question is, what do you think, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin snuck in there. I think okay. I think I should have one on my bow. Yeah. Well, I wanted to show you guys. I know we're still talking about uh, the the uh, archery bow or the compound bow, but Tim, I don't know if you've you know I know you haven't had a chance to use this yet, but they do have. Oh, we have one in studio. Hey. We have one in studio. Okay, but first just of all, came. This no, just... no, we don't have one. No, I mean, no, we Jordan, don't have I got, one. I got, I got, no, I got to pause. No. I got to pause the interview for a second. I got to ask a couple questions here. So, Dave, no, 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 no. You know, you know, we went out turkey hunting uh, no less than I don't know three days ago. Yes. Um, like, can I see the shipping label as to when that showed up? This was definitely here before that moment. But... Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, so when I when I was sighting in my new bow, yes, that's um, true. There's some work that has to be done, but there's a uh, you know, we'll figure it out. I I had some things to prioritize in my mind. You know, I couldn't remember everything. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought we I got put you. Tim's name name on the label, but I, I must have been wrong. <laughs> I think you did, Kevin. And Tim. It, it said it said Kevin. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jordan. Yeah, this thing's <laughs> gonna be awesome. I haven't used this one yet, but I I, I guarantee you, this is gonna be legit. Yeah, so I, I gotta. You guys came out with the archery with, with. I'm sorry, with the compound version of the Oracle first. Was that planned? Because I want to. I just want to step back a little bit. The technology came from your rifle scope side, right? So was it was it that the compound is just a bigger market that you guys came out with the compound one first and then launched the the crossbow one later? Or how, what was the thought process around that at first? Honestly. Truly and completely honestly, the thought process was everybody in our office uses vertical bows. And we're like, this would be sweet. <laughs> Compound bow site. <laughs> How fast it. can we make it? And, it. you know, we were so excited when we launched the original Oracle, you wow. know, we went to ATA, had a big booth and, you know, it was a pretty big deal. And then everybody's like, 
where's the crossbow scope? When are you going to make a crossbow scope? And we're like, oh, yeah, that probably would have been a little bit uh, easier to come out of the gate with a crossbow scope. Actually, pretty light. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's, uh, I want to say, like, 28 or 32 ounces. I, I can't remember. That's pretty yeah, that's really. I nice. mean, that's actually Man, not bad Tim, when that's you're nice. talking about most crossbows are, you know, <laughs> really seven nice. to nine pounds um, without, you know, <laughs> without all that stuff on it anyway. So you're not really adding too much by percentage there at all. Yeah, 31 ounces. Just, uh, just shy of 31 is. ounces. Initial setup. Push this button. <laughs> well, we we, design, we wrote our user manual around uh, Dave. We said if, if yeah. Dave could figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Three simple, simple steps. Three simple steps, right? This baby's I love it. So, so have you? How has the Oracle been for you guys? I know you guys continue to make it. I know there's a lot of talk about it, but have you have you seen like with some products that come to market this really big initial like we love it, everybody wants it, and then it kind of slows down, or are we still growing in that category? It the Oracle X is, is, we're all surprised how well that's doing. And, and I mean, we shouldn't be because the crossbow market has exploded over the past past couple of years. More states are allowing them in, in regular seasons. And, um, but we had no idea that there was going to be this much fanfare around that, that product. And I mean, we're not going anywhere. Like the Oracle X is, is here to stay. It is, um, it is quickly becoming one of our more successful products for the company as a whole. And, um, yeah, we're just we we've got we've got plans just to to continue uh, perfecting things in the the archery side of of the world. And uh, the other cool thing is like there's Facebook groups out there now. There's forums out there now talking about um, using the Oracle X. And there's custom you know covers that have, that people are 3D printing. There's there's guys that if somebody has a question in the community, you've got you've got two dozen people that'll answer the question almost instantly. So it's really been exciting to see that much of uh, a crowd and support come together for this, this one product. Yeah. You guys are solving a lot of problems and I, and with, with traditional scopes and sites. Um, one of the main ones being forgetting your rangefinder, right? You never have to worry about that again. And that, that's always, that's always something I talk about a lot is that, you know, when you're, whether you're, 3D target shooting or whether you're hunting, there's an element of consistency that goes along with that, with that function. Um, and one of the biggest things I like to do is eliminate all what I call the X factors, right? The things that can go wrong that I have control of. Um, one of those things is just simply forgetting my rangefinder. I mean, I don't know. There's been a couple of times where I head out hunting, don't have my rangefinder with me. And uh, at that point, it's like, well, I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to go back in. Um, but you, your confidence level level just goes completely out the window because I'm so used to using a range finder. I could probably guess pretty accurately, but there are some situations that you're in that you can't guess accurately. You, you, you can't guess. It's got to be accurate or you're missing your shot, especially when you're doing things like turkey hunting. So it's, uh, it's yeah, a great completely. thing. It solves a lot of different problems. Wouldn't you agree, Dave? Yes, um, I do have a question. So um, now what can we put it on, right? So I got, so I have obviously the 10 point flatline 460, but my question would be, can this go on like the Nitro 505 for the 10 point brand? Cause I know it's super fast. Well, I guess what kind of speed can we get up to with it? Or is there any, is there any limits, I guess? 
Uh, there, there's no limits on on the speed. No, you you do it just like um, the Oracle vertical bow site. You site in a fixed point, and then you build a curve off of two uh, two additional points. So, um, I mean, we haven't tried it on anything crazy like a a muzzle loader or an air bow or an air rifle or anything outside of the the crossbow category. Um, but to this point, we haven't found a crossbow that it won't set up for. Um, I would say if you get on the really, really slow side, uh, you're, you're going to have limited range, just like on the vertical bow site, because you're using a pin array within that scope. But uh, we're, I mean, we're talking like, uh, you know, easily a hundred yards out of these crossbow scopes. So this bow I just wanted to double check and I, I was pretty sure, but this boat, you can actually be bought with this site on it. Correct. Cause that's what 10 point shows on their website. It can. Yeah. So we've got an OEM deal with 10 point that yeah, you can cool. buy a, a 10 point bow with the Oracle X already equipped on it. So this is basically made for this bow. Do you know what I'm saying? This is, this is going to naturally just flow on here, Tim. Sorry about that, but and that's this is, this is going to naturally just flow right here. Like this, because it's—I mean—you could buy it with it. It doesn't make sense not to get it. That I mean, way. I'm just—I—I I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I do, but yeah. I think it would be more relevant to show the crossbows that it could be used on. I think it yours, that it doesn't I'll, already have an I'll option. I think yours has with, the speed. Right? I think it's too low a speed. This one's really, really. The 405. Fast. It's a 405. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Don't worry, Tim. We have two of them. We're good. We're good. I'll be over tonight to pick. Yeah, up. I know. <laughs> I love it. All right, Jordan. So Oracle has been an amazing product line for you guys. Um, rounding out kind of the archery side of things. If you don't have an Oracle or maybe you, and it actually, I have a follow-up question here. Can you use, or to your knowledge is, is, can you use the Oracle in every state or are there certain states where that type of site being electronic would be limited use? I'm going to play the, the safe card here and say that it's up to you guys to check your local laws and regulations before you use these products in your state. I will say that not all states do allow these products for all species and all seasons. Um, it's kind of, uh, depending on the state, can be complex where you, you can use it during certain uh, for certain species and, and not others. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's a whole segue. We could do a whole show on 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 the ethics of of electronics and in and, and the hunting space and and why i why i'm strongly in favor of, of using products like this to to more ethically uh, you know do our job and, and kill the animal that we're hunting yeah, um I, I say that all the time i just i feel like it's it's almost like um it's like going backwards like so you get this idea you get this tech and then you're like hey let's go backwards let's go backwards and pretend we're like in the old days and you can't use these things but let's make everybody follow that rule not just like one person everybody has to follow that rule that we're going to go backwards <laughs> and at the same time let's you know we don't look at it like oh hey let's do the same with cars right let's get rid of suspensions let's get rid of radios in a car let's get rid of i'm just saying like it's so stupid and it's like it's not just this product it's tons of products and on top of that we have everybody and not to get political here but we have a lot of like quick instinctual uh changes by different states instantly so a good example of this is the excalibur twin strike they launched this crossbow it's got two different bolts and new jersey instantly bans two bolts in a crossbow i mean it's like wait a minute we didn't even get through a full year 
of seeing like, is this an issue? Are people doing something wrong by doing this? You know, so this is just one of those examples of a product that gets put into a category where you have some issues like Montana always has a lot of issues, electronics. I knew Luminoc couldn't even use a lighted knock. I mean, what in the world for a long time? Now yeah, we got trail cams being banned. I mean, come on. Well, the thing yeah, if you attach me. a, as I say, if you attach a GoPro to a rifle scope in Idaho, it's it's illegal. So it's crazy. Well, the thing that kills me is we got so many hunters that are against this stuff, you know, and it's like we got yeah. enough problems with hunting without fighting with each other. And then plus you got guys that talk about, oh, you know, I don't want this, I don't want that, and then they'll go out and they practice once or twice. And they wound like four deer in a season or something, you know? That sounds like Tim. <laughs> Just kidding. That has never happened, first of all. <laughs> and even if it did, Dave, that's even more of a point as to why I should be using an Oracle. So <laughs> nice, I so I nice miss less comeback. and have more ethical kills. So thank you. Just flaming that fire, you know? That's all I'm saying. Um, well, we're, we're all presented with difficult decisions when we're hunting. You know, that could be either a deer of a lifetime walks by or you put in a grind for a whole week and finally that, that dough pops out. It, it doesn't matter. Like you've got a limited moment in time to be successful when you're in the field. And there's a lot that builds up to that moment. And in our minds, we, we justify it because of all the effort that took to get there. And it's not about shooting further. It's not about, you know, giving us an unfair advantage. It's about making a more precise shot limiting the human factor of you know the margin of error and how, how many guys do we know that have wounded let's say a bull elk they can't find it they know the shot was marginal they say okay i've searched for two days it survived i'm going to go after another one only for postseason somebody finds a big deadhead with an arrow in the back and there's now there's two bulls dead instead of one it's it's not about an unfair advantage. It's about doing a better job at, at making a clean shot. Well, and I, and I think that actually kind of hits on a little bit of a point as to why I think a lot of state regulators don't allow that type of stuff because the, and I think it's an issue with the, the science and the statistics that go behind the, the tags and the number of tags that they offer, right? Within, with any given set of tags, they have built into that a percentage that they know are not going to be successful. Um, so, you know, if they issue, let's say 5,000 tags, they already know 20% of those are going to go un unfulfilled. Right. So I think in their mind, they're hesitant to move forward with this type of thing because they, they think, although they don't know, um, that it's going to increase the success ratio and show and throw off all their population modeling studies that they had with that certain number of tags that they're in. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lamp of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at sigsauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life 
faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Enter the Apex Outdoor Rewards Turkey Challenge in your state. Over $120,000 in cash rewards. Limited number of entries allowed statewide. Every bird is a possible winner. Reward your passion at apexoutdoorrewards.com. And I get that. I, I do. There's the whole numbers thing for it. But we have to find a way forward to keep advancing the industry, to keep people interested in hunting, and to get more people into hunting. Because I think one one thing that they lose sight on a lot is that they lose sight on the fact that the population of hunters as a whole hasn't been growing by leaps and bounds over the last couple of decades. We had a big, we had a spike there, right? When when COVID happened, more people at home wanted to get outdoors more and there's more hunters I think ever than ever before but even I think that trend has kind of flattened out and come down a little bit so there's definitely work that our regulators need to do to look at not only how they're running their models to accommodate from better technology more ethical shots better success ratios but also to keep in mind that those types of things can help bring in new hunters new money um, that have never been there before so I think there's a lot there so, so, yeah. so Jordan, uh, not to flip the script here, but um, it, let's talk a little bit about Burris though, as a whole, when it comes to brands, because you guys own a couple brands, correct? And and I guess, how do those fit in? Uh, are they different than what you guys do as far as optics or are they similar or, because obviously I've heard of them, but I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. So little known fact, Burris Optics is owned by Beretta Holdings. And the Beretta owns uh, a large portfolio of, of rifle, shotgun, uh, pistol, and, and optics companies in the outdoor industry. Um, I mean, just a, a quick sidebar, uh, we do work with Steiner Optics as well. Um, they're, they're more focused, I would say, uh, at least in the United States, on uh, military law enforcement tactical side. Globally, there's a very strong presence in marine binoculars, adventure binoculars. Uh, we, I, w- I would say that Steiner makes the best marine binocular in the world. And then in Europe, there's a very strong um, hunting rifle scope market on the Steiner side as well. Um, but in the United States, or, or for, what I, for what I do, um, you know, Burris is, is the main priority for, for the archery products. And there's not a lot of crossover between between the two two companies, um, maybe a little bit on the, the binocular side. Um, but Burris is, like I said earlier, is committed to the archery space. It's, it's really doubling down. Uh, we know not everybody is going to have an Oracle uh, X or an Oracle II bow sight. And for those states that you know might not be legal, we've introduced a new handheld rangefinder this year. It's our signature LRF 2000. Uh, you can range targets out to 2,400 yards and the reflective or, uh, or I should say elk and deer type targets out to around 1500 yards. Um, also a, a range finding bino as well, but this one gets out a little further to 2600 yards. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it's, it's blazing fast too. What kind it's, of, what kind of prices um, are these new, new products? Uh, the uh, binos are going to retail at, at 999 and, uh, you caught me here on the rangefinder. I want to say two eighty, but let me let me yeah, we'll double call it 50 check bucks. for sure. <laughs> we'll call it take, 50 yeah. bucks. <laughs> three sixty. Yeah, I got you, your back, Jordan. For you, I'll make you a deal. Three sixty is the MSRP. I think you're going to find it on shelves for about two hundred 
280 to, to 300. Awesome. awesome. Those binos are actually pretty intriguing. I, you know, cause I, I think that's, it, it's something that you can use when you're hunting, not hunting. Uh, you know, I use binos all the time when we're out, you know, for our hikes and things like that. Um, and, and shoot, man, they have a rangefinder and there's pretty awesome. I got to imagine from a hunting perspective, that's probably more of a Western thing. Um, you know, us Midwest guys, we're, we're not usually, you know, looking out at animals that are half mile, mile away, trying to get in close to them. We're, we're like, we're lucky if they walk out at 80 yards and come into 40, you know, I wish I was going to say, you can't <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was say, I don't think you can see past 80 yards in the Southeast. It's just that's a right. pine tree wall everywhere you go. You got it. Tim, yeah. I wish we would remember to bring these the other day because we had those turkeys way out there and we didn't know what they were, remember? Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Actually, that's a great point, Dave. Um, and that's a great because we, we were using a rangefinder and we're like, does that thing magnify? And I'm like, not really. That would have been perfect in that scenario. Absolutely oh, yeah. perfect. Plus, we'd be able to see what they were because we were like, are those big toms out there? And I'm like, I'm like, hand me my hand me my purse pinehouse. And Tim's like, yeah. I don't think we brought them because it's like five-yard turkey on here. I go, oh dang it <laughs> like, gosh darn yeah. it learn my lesson there that's fun you know, I, I, enough about burr's stuff i want to hear about this hunt oh it was awesome <laughs> it actually launches as we're speaking at 6 p.m here um basically he's got to tell the story it was his it was his hunt i was just his uh yeah so i had um i had joined the apex rewards challenge program. And my goal was to try to win the program because you can win and you could, and they actually have this pretty cool thing called contingencies, uh, which you guys could look at. That's an option for companies that you can like say like, Hey, if you, if you do this hunt and you use Burris products and it will put contingency money up for you to get a piece of uh, just like, it's like ASA type stuff, you know, target shooters, but anyway, whatever, long story short. So I talked to Tim, Tim's like, dude, let's go. You know, I'll film. Actually, I should probably there we go that's a little better it's like he's like i'll film let's go it'll be fun and um so we got there the night before we went and got mexican food it was the best we always go and get our favorite mexican food you gotta throw in the little additions here otherwise it's not as fun you know so we get the mexican food we go to walmart do a walmart run for any last minute things we need um we went around that Friday and we replaced all the batteries and all of our tactic cam cameras in the field because we want to be able to see what's going on in general. And, um, we went into the, we have a shadow hunter blind. It's actually Tim's blind, but we have it all sitting there kind of ready to go for the most part. But we went out at night. I got the decoys all in there, ready to go for the next day. Woke up 5.00 AM, got out there. And, um, you know, Tim, and I just started filming some things and I think I threw a couple calls out right before daybreak. And I think we heard one gobble in the distance and that was about it. And then like literally 30 minutes later, I didn't do anything. Uh, this line of these two turkeys just came right in for the decoy. And I was using They didn't this... even see him. They did I didn't not see him because my angle, I couldn't see him. Tim could see him clearly. I'm like, and, I'm like, dude, turkey, turkey. He's like, what? He he, told, he, he thought I was pulling his leg. I thought he was joking. I'm like, no, seriously, like, I'm like, get your, get ready, get your bow. We so, never establish any rules about faking what you see in turkey hunting. We do in deer. In deer, if you say you see a deer and you don't, you get a punch to the balls. So I don't recommend it. Ball shot. <laughs> ball shot. You don't want it, so you don't mess around like that. So, but but turkey, we don't have any rules. So Tim thought he could pull a fast one. I thought he was pulling fast one on me. Anyway, this avian X. Uh, decoy was unbelievable it's like a full-size turkey i mean it looks it looks like 
if I was a turkey, I wouldn't want to fight it, put it that way. So I was very surprised that these things came in. Turned out they're like not that big, but they look sort of big, Tim. I don't know if you'd agree, but they looked their very bodies big. were big, but they were they, they were, were jakes, yeah, for they sure, were jakes, but, but they had big they had a big body. Yeah. They had a big body. I honestly in the video you're gonna be like, oh, they actually look pretty pretty big for a Jake, you know. And I was like, and I I put I picked up my bow. I was like, I should probably just shoot them. And I was like, but it's not gonna win. I know I'm not gonna win with that bird. It's not big enough. But then I'm like, but I got a bird in front of me at like six yards with a compound bow. Like, there's no way I'm not shooting this, you know? So I'm like, I'm shooting it. So I told him, just get ready. So then, boom, you know, I mean, it was so close. It was not even, you know, I, I wouldn't even, I wasn't nervous at all. Like, it wasn't even like, I don't know. It was still kind of like, couldn't believe it was happening so quickly. Like, I thought we we're going to be out there for days, you know, doing this. But yeah, they came out really quick. They attacked that decoy, like almost instantly. And then it was a decision of, is this the one or not? Right. Cause there was yeah. two of them. There was one that was so a little quick. bit bigger and you ended up taking it and it was a perfect shot. I mean, it didn't even know it happened. It just walked away about, I don't know, 15 feet and uh, just kind of laid down. <laughs> yeah, like five so, away. Laid down and just died quickly actually. And I was like, yeah, very, very. very. And so we're sitting there, we're sitting there like, all right, now it's my turn. Right. So Dave's got his, now I can get mine. So we're sitting there for about five minutes and, uh, Dave's like, I'm going to go grab it real quick. I'm like, cool. All right, go out there and grab it. As soon as he opens the shadow hunter door, um, three more Jake's come out from, and they must've been on the side of the shadow hunter. We just didn't see him like within like a foot of the shadow hunter. We didn't see them. So he takes one step off the back and I just turn around just instinctively and grab his hood and pull him back in. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. And so, so the door is open. He's looking outside. The Jake's are in the front. I pull him back in. He sits down. They have no clue what happened. They didn't hear anything. They didn't see anything. So they're just going around, walking around. And um, Jordan, I don't know. Have you done a lot of turkey hunting at all? I've done, I've done quite a bit. I actually just got back from a hunt. Okay. But... So I, I got a question for you. So have you ever shot a turkey where there was other male turkeys around? And that, that the other male turkeys around, um, how do I put this, Dave? Beat the snot out of it. Yes. We'll, we'll say beat the snot out of it. Um, they, they were doing other things as well from what it looked like. Um, but man, they were just, they, they, there was just, there was just a whole gaggle of these Jake's just beating the crap out of this one laying on the ground. So I wasn't sure if that was normal because he can't because you know he's laughing right now. He's so mad. We're sitting there. It was was terrible. It was terrible. Watching this, I don't know what they're doing. I'm like Tim. This is a scene from Dirty Mike and the Boys from that movie. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like it was crazy. Open on it and smashing it I, i'll never see anything like that i go i think i need to go out there and step in at one point i think there were two of them just sitting on top of it just sitting on it just just <laughs> chilling it was crazy so it was uh but it was a great time so they but they uh so a- after they left i was gonna i had a perfect shot on a on a jake similar to dave's um out of the out of the group that came out but i'm just like you know I'll wait. You know, I, 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 I'm not in the apex thing. I'm going to be a little bit more patient. So I didn't end up shooting one. I'd have shot on probably three or four of those in that group. And then uh, the rest of the weekend, nothing else really came out. I mean, we saw some from a distance, we heard them gobble, but they never came in. But, They're uh, pretty big too, though. I, I'm glad yeah. we, I, I think it was smart to wait. We had the whole day. This was still like, this is like 9am, you know, after he had, he had to choose quickly. 
but you know, we went yeah, back. The weather kind of turned, but the other thing is too, the way they do it in Michigan. Now it's not like you get one weekend to go. I got, you yeah. know, I, I still have a whole, the whole month to go out Turkey hunting. So it was a, uh, it was a great time though, man. It was, How great was your hunt, Jordan. Man, I took a little different approach for the start of my hunt. I said, if it has one whisker, if I see one whisker poking out, <laughs> he's going down. I was, uh, I've been thinking about fried turkey nuggets for way too many months. So, uh, uh, thankfully in South Dakota, I got two tags. So I, uh, I ended up tagging out the first day, but man, I shot a, I shot a Jake pretty early in the morning. Um, he ended up weighing a little bit over 18 pounds, around 19 pounds. So still pretty good sized, good sized Jake, uh, yeah. but out West, um, it's all spot and stock. You're not setting up decoys in the morning and and waiting for them to come in uh, you know off a off a roost you certainly can uh, you know trees uh marion's out there but there's there's a little bit of a a little bit of a rio mix depending on where you're at but yeah most mostly the the marion's and um no it was a blast you do spot and stocks out there you'll see you know mile away you'll get as close as you can and then you take a fan and you entice them with that fan Mm -hmm. and they come in just depending on the weather depending on the the you know the time of year they will come in running straight at you ready to beat you up just like those jakes did on that uh boyfriend bird you you put down and uh you know they'll they'll try and beat the snot out of you if you don't if you don't shoot them fast enough so i've, I've actually I've, ne- I've never shot a turkey with a bow that's uh that's my next challenge everyone i've shot has been using a uh a shotgun so i think next year i'll have to uh pull out the bow and and try it that way. Um, yeah, tell second, you, but second. if you can get the right distance on them, sorry, Dave, I didn't ask you if you had any questions. Um, if you can get the right distance <laughs> on them, um, you know, I gotta say that that Dave shot on the turkey. Actually, I I think with, the bird went down easier than I've seen other people with a gun uh, shoot with a shotgun. Yeah. So there was no Crazy. running after it. There was no you know trying to chase it down or anything like that. It was it was down within I don't know thirty seconds. Well, to be honest, it's actually funny. It's a funny story because the we well, I had not chosen which broadhead I was going to use for that hunt, and uh, we had Josh on from Triple Point Outdoors, and they make a broadhead called the uh, Clovis. They also have one called the Turkey Foot. And I was talking. I told him. I said to him, "Sell me." on using your broadhead for this hunt coming up. And he's like, okay. And he, he sold me. I was like, you know what? sounds pretty awesome. I'm going to try it. And I'm happy I tried it. Cause when it hit that bird, I first off, it was a very good shot. It was right where it needed to be. But when it hit the bird and it comes out the backside, when you see the video, you'll see the arrow just dies. Like it literally goes through and it's laying there five yards behind the Turkey where I shot. And you could see the arrow clear as day. So you knew it slowed it down, which is what it was supposed to do. And it went in and that head, he said, it's going to turn and core it. And because he put a bigger head on it, it's going to grab feathers, grab everything and slow this whole pace all the way through this bird. And I tell you what, man, you put a good shot. That was like a six yard, eight yard shot, Tim, wasn't it? It was so close, but I pulled the decoy. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was not farther than 10 and yeah, we didn't have to range it, but it, yeah, it was a very, very, yeah. very <laughs> We good definitely do not need to range it. <laughs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to text me a link to those broadheads. I'm, For sure. I'm pretty intrigued now. Yeah. I was, I was blown away and he uses a thing. Um, this was actually pretty interesting. He uses a magnet system to hold his blades together. So you could shoot his blade on a crossbow as well. And it doesn't require <laughs> any sort of other holds or external holds. It's only the magnets that pull it in. He said, he used the word, uh, 
what do you use the word, Tim? Natural elements, or he used some sort of neo neodymium or whatever. Yeah, some about the metal. It's they're a little pricey, but he made a comment about the the metals, and I forgot what the word. It's he the used. Uh, well, it's the it's the magnet, right? It's that it's the part of the magnet. Whatever it is, yeah, he made yeah. a certain comment that I remember hearing before somewhere else. It's like a high end. Ball. It's a high end whatever magnet material that they use. Yeah, it was something nice. like that. But yeah. anyway, they so when they close, they just snap back together. It's the easiest thing I've ever seen. I got I got super expensive broadheads out here that I'm not going to name the name of the companies, but I can't even shut them. Like I literally came and shut the broadhead, and I'm sitting there with his, and it's like boop boop, <laughs> like yep. wow, like this is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I was very impressed with that, and I also uh, to be clear. I toned my bow down to, I think it was like 58 pounds. So I did that on purpose because I wanted to go slower when it hit that Turkey, you know, you definitely don't need 70 pounds for a Turkey, you know? So we'll see. I told Tim, you know, cause Tim went later, Tim sighted in his, like he said, he sighted his crossbow in that morning to use it that night, which I gave him props for it. He took him some guts to do it, but he was smoking 60 yard shots. Like it was like, boom, boom. I'm like, okay. And so anyway, I told him, I said, I don't know what this broad is going to do on a crossbow, right? You're talking, way more power i mean what was that 180 pounds tim that bow 180 pound draw weight it shoots yeah. 405 yeah feet per so second. that's what i'm saying like it's way more powerful than the compound i was shooting so i don't know what it would have did i don't know if we would have found your bolt but <laughs> we'll find out yeah I well I, the deal was i shoot it it doesn't go down instantly like if i'm if i'm taking like a 40 yard shot on this thing dave has to run after it that was the deal didn't happen so i had to worry about it didn't I had to run after one uh, uh, that that night. We actually doubled up with with a guy named Brad Finson, and my bird was uh, between thirty five and forty yards, somewhere in there. And another another Tom was right behind him and uh, hung around long enough for Brad to get another shot. But I think it was sixty sixty yards on the first shot, seventy yards on the second, which crazy enough is an un- unreasonable with uh, the TSS ammo that's out there for shotguns these days but right uh yes yeah, we chased that, down the second second one and found him did you have a do you have a certain load you have to use in, in your state Cert, certain shot size for turkey uh and no, if you don't know don't answer. i was <laughs> not where i not where i was yeah because apparently in michigan there's a rule so speaking of where you were i've hunted deer in south dakota which I should have done when I was much younger because I was either walking up a hill or down a hill the whole time I was hunting. Is it like that where you were hunting the turkeys? It was, uh, I mean, it's pretty close to the badlands. So there was some elevation. Okay, yeah. it, it was, it wasn't dramatic in uh, shoot the, the stocks that we put on our birds, we were able to, to get pretty close. So it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. Um, but I was in the, I was in or- the Fort Pierre national grasslands hunting. So you know where that okay is. yep uh roughly i i haven't hunted there but i i know where it's at now jordan you guys are in utah right we're in colorado colorado what did you used yep. to be in utah no we've been in Greeley, colorado since I day one utah remember i said that that day we were in utah it was weird are you sure <laughs> no you're right you're right you got me it was it was utah <laughs> i love it i love it it's uh it's i'm sorry it was camp chef i was thinking of sorry because when we went to utah i went to utah we went to uh badlands so we saw the guys at badlands we went to hoyt and then that was camp chef was the other brand i knew there was another brand there i thought it was you or camp chef i couldn't remember i got it now 
but you sure <laughs> no but i'm gonna put my camp chef to use tonight i still have uh, a couple turkey breasts i need to smoke um, up hey tell me about right, so them, how do you uh, how do you do turkey it? nuggets how do you do that yeah you got a recipe for that <laughs> all right well no um <laughs> I mean, we, we use what we had in camp. We just had a, you know, what, what else do you need to fry stuff? Flour, butter. We coated them with eggs. Um, you can do butter. You can marinate them in buttermilk and then coat them with, with flour. We took a bag of some off-brand potato chip, crunched it up into a million pieces, and I mixed that into the, the seasoned flour to give it a little extra crunch and a little extra, little extra spice. And then we had a you know, big frying pot on a, it was on a camp chef um, flame and uh, heated up some corn oil. I think we cut 20 pounds of red potatoes too for fries. And I learned that if you uh, fry your, fr your French fries, I mean, everybody probably knew this except for me, take them out, let them rest for a little while. I guess the correct term is let them sweat and then throw them back in the fryer. And that's what makes a good crunchy French fry. Wow. Then, double fry. Yeah. If you're doing double, it double fry. Now, if they're frozen, you don't have to do that. But if they're fresh potatoes, for sure. Are we yeah, talking about an air fryer about, here or a real fryer? A real no, fryer. we're talking about <laughs> like five gallons of peanut oil on a, in a big old pot. Yeah. Awesome. Although it probably yeah, holds it, true on an air fryer too, Dave. I don't know. It's, That's it's what something to do with the starch in there. I'm going to have to look into it. I looked. I learned that technique <laughs> in the firehouse. Here, here, I'm looking at you. You're you're looking at me. <laughs> I see you. I, I see you. you. <laughs> what's, what's the range for through Zoom? I can't see anything in here. Are you zoomed in? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> right. Uh, so believe it or not, the second turkey I shot, and I, I was looking for a casino after this. I'm not a gambling guy, but. Six bearded turkey. I've never seen a six bearded turkey. Yeah. What? Six? Yeah, six. When oh, I shot it, no. I saw the double beard. And we took a bunch of pictures and I was excited. I was like, hey, a double beard. That hasn't happened in a long, long time. Actually, the first turkey I ever shot was a four bearded turkey. And I've never shot a multi beard since. And I was, I was excited. You know, double beard. What are the chances? And then I got back to camp and I started... Uh, cleaning the bird out and i was gonna pull the beards off and i was like wait a second what's that that's a third third beard and there's a little you know little nub and then i pull a few more feathers back and i was like there's another one Jeez. and then sure enough there, there ended up being six beards which is that's crazy. wild with especially with the kind of winter they've had up there in south dakota this year it's been it's been tough it's the one time in life where you start to pull things back and undress a bird. And when you see a little nub, you're excited. <laughs> you know? Just saying, just saying. Tim, uh, Tim, uh, and I, uh, we breasted that bird out pretty fast. Tim, Tim walked me through it. Cause he got, I haven't gotten a bird in so long. I didn't remember. <laughs> Tim's like, ah, oh, follow that bone down, man. You got this. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it we, did a good we job. sliced it pretty good, man. It was pretty yeah. easy. And you know, now, I, did you take, did you take the thighs and the legs? No. This no. is the first year I've taken thighs and legs. And it's the best. It's the absolute best part. And really? it's not it's not that much more work to pull the thighs and the leg. Um, gosh, you'll have to look up a YouTube video or I'll send you a link after this. But uh, another recipe I learned in camp from, from Brad Fenson was, uh, what did he call it? Um, turkey Burblanc. So... We 
slow cooked the legs and the thighs and then we got a big uh, a big skillet cooked down four pounds of mushrooms with four sticks three sticks of butter then you add some white wine into it cook that down as well good and you uh you chop up some onions as, as fine as you can put it in there as well i mean we had we tagged out the first day we became uh, camp chefs real real fast um just simmer that all down then uh keep adding chicken broth so we added three quarts of chicken broth cook that down keep cooking it down and then finally add in your turkey legs and turkey thighs finely chopped or or pulled ours was so uh so cooked down you could just pull it off the bone and then a couple cups of cream stir that around until it thickens and put it over noodles and you will never waste a turkey thigh or leg ever again i promise it is amazing it's jordan's cooking show from now on (laughs) <laughs> just have you on for cooking recipes yeah because well, you powered by burris <laughs> i've always heard they're so tough they're not worth taking well if you slow stuff, cook it i guess i, I get guess, it yeah that's no that's it just really good you could just almost shaken it and uh some of it would have fallen off the bone it's delicious well the good news is you still have a tag and connor still has a tag tim still has a tag so we have a chance to actually test this theory uh if we just get more can we just take the can you so you you actually you actually like uh cut the meat off the thigh in the leg or you actually just cut the leg off and use like a drumstick uh you cut the thigh and the leg off but if you follow the breast down to the back of the bird and you just pull the feathers back which you don't cut all the way down you just make a little hole and pull it back and that keeps the feathers from coming off just pull even further where the thighs are and push down and it'll kind of separate the bone where the, the thigh is from the the rest of the bird and then you just run a knife along the side, and that thigh comes right out. So you it don't is... do it skin on, then you take the skin off. You take the skin off. Okay. Yep. And but it just—I mean, it 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 added maybe maybe five minutes to the whole process. Cool. Hmm. Well, to try it, like I, I was in I was in Kevin's camp. I heard it's not worth it, so I've never done it. But I'm not opposed to trying new foods, as you can tell. So. It's, Sounds uh, good. Be good. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I think we need to try it. I think we just got to yep. get one more bird since we didn't save mine. Yep. Well, Jordan, man, any any last comments here? We got another one we got to get to in a in a couple minutes here. But uh, you know, Burris, we are always and, and have been for a very long time huge fans of all of your guys's stuff. Um, not just the archery stuff. If you need, you know, binos, rifle scopes. I know we didn't even touch on that veracity today, so we'll have to have you back on to talk a little bit more gun i think next time but uh, any last words jordan no i just i uh, appreciate you guys having me on this was, was was fun let's do it again and uh man the countdown is on for for white tails and elk Can't and wait. uh practice it, practice man. practice right that's it jordan thank you so much for joining us for those listening uh go to burrisoptics.com for more information we'll see you next time thanks guys All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. All right.